What's up, everybody? Hey, uh, I just got done with a podcast with Denise Vitek, or Vitek, or Vitek, I forget. She, she talks about who she is here in a minute. <laughs> um, anyways, it, she's a, a police officer um, in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, had a lot of interesting things to say about um, the profession, talks a lot about her story. Um, we get into uh, how she became a police officer. Actually, I, I worked with her um, previously as an EMT. Uh, we worked in the same ER together. Um, she kind of talks a lot about how she went from health and EMT and some of her struggles with that all the way into becoming a Fort Worth officer. She's been a Fort Worth officer for a few years now. Um, and she's also, she was in uh, two or three wrecks. Two, she talked about two of the wrecks and then she had, had to go to the hospital for something else as an officer. She was hit, uh, she was on a DWI, and she was hit by another drunk driver. So she talked a lot about what it's like being on scene and some of the struggles uh, she went through. Man, it was a lot of fun. Uh, much respect for her and uh, her profession. So, uh, Y'all check it out. We are recording. So, but yeah, thanks for coming out. Um, like I said, you and I have had a lot of awesome conversations. I wanted to have in the podcast and see what happens from there. That's awesome. This is so cool. I'm <laughs> glad you're following your dream. And honestly, it's this, this whole thing hasn't been a dream for me. It's just been like a thing that kind of happened. Yeah. It worked out, mm-hmm. which sometimes those are the most fun. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me your name. Um, I am Denise Vitek from Keller, Texas. I currently live in like the North Fort Worth area and I'm a military brat. So I've lived. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Lived in numerous other states, but my uh, dad finally retired and we settled here and uh, it's been fun. I love Texas. I consider myself a actual Texan now. So my family is actually all New Yorkers. So when we go to New York it's fun to tease each other and poke fun at each other's accents because now <laughs> they think I have a Texan accent, so it's kind of fun. So I'm from California, and that's how it was too. Yep. You kind of kind of graduate from those different, and it's like when you're when you're in California, you don't realize you have until you've not been there for a while. And same thing with mm-hmm. I'm sure with New York. Yes. Do me a favor, get a little closer to that mic for me. You can pull it up if you need the actual. Oh. Yep. It it moves the whole arm moves. Okay. So if you need better, yeah, much okay. better. So what do you do, Denise? I am a Fort Worth police officer. Okay. I currently work in the Southside area. Um, it's we have multiple divisions in Fort Worth, and I uh, worked in the Central area for about three and a half years. Central is considered like the Northeast Twenty Eighth Street, mm-hmm. all the way to South, like the Berry Street area. Uh, it was great. Loved working there. Got lots of experience. Uh, Worked with multiple units down there because they were always running around. And I recently transferred to the South area for, you know, just a different experience, um, different people, different, you know, just different calls. And it's been a great experience so far. So I, I met you how many years ago now? You've been with Fort Worth for how many oh, years? Gosh, um, almost four years now. And well, in patrol for almost four years. So we... I've been out of JPS, what, five years now? Okay, so I, I think I met you probably six or seven years seven ago. Year, yeah, when you worked with, what, AMR? Yeah, AMR yeah. first, mm-hmm. and then um, then the ER at JPS. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and you and I worked a lot of different things together, mm-hmm. a lot of different CPRs, a lot of different just crazy things, mm-hmm. um, a lot of awesome discussions. Um, what made you going, because like, you were an EMT, just mm-hmm. like me. Yep. Um, do you still keep your shirt up? By I the way? do. Yeah, mm-hmm. so do I. I worked way too hard for that. Uh, to just let it yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how how did you go from being an EMT to a cop? So I wanted a different change in you know status. I really 
wanted to be able to be a hundred percent independent. Um, and I realized that a college degree was probably not in my future right away, which is fine. A lot of people can be very successful in life without a college degree. Um, and so I started looking around at different opportunities, um, especially being a female and one night, What what do you mean by that? Um, you know, it's, it's being female, we're smaller, but we're still as tough. And we, I wanted to be able to go into something where I could show that I could not only be successful, but I could show um, other people that, you know, girls can be just as successful as guys. And one night I was sitting on my couch and received an email that uh, Fort Worth PD was, you know, about to put out applications. And I just on a whim, Uh, put in an application. And actually I kind of forgot about it because I put in an application for the test and uh, just went about my life, went back to, you know, working and being, um, you know, mom and um, then got an email that this was the test date. And so for about a day or so, I kind of sat in uh, the floor of my apartment and reviewed just some math problems, just simple math problems Mm -hmm. and English stuff and was like, all right, it is what it is. And went in and just kind of on a whim, uh, took the test. And luckily I guess, you know, did decent. And so, (laughs) so I ended up, uh, you know, leaving the test and was like, all right, you know, and kind of like the same thing with the beginning. I was like, kind of not forgot about it, but just kind of put it in the back of my head again. Cause I think for me, it's been, there's been so many, so much heartache with schools and testing that I just had kind of lost my confidence with. Mm, I remember that Mm -hmm. we had a lot of those discussions, even in this CAT scan hall, when we would line up those CAT scans. Yeah. In the (laughs) CAT scan hall. Yes. And you know, we'd stand there and wait for an opening and we'd be like, all right, let's have a serious discussion. <laughs> like we don't care about the patients. Yeah. There's like sometimes 15 patients yeah. lining the wall mm-hmm. and we're talking about all our personal problems. Yeah. <laughs> like These poor patients are like, Oh my gosh, what I, is going on? I had forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd had a lot of heartache with just school and all this stuff. So I just felt, I think I just was like not having my hopes up for it. Mm. And um, you, you went into, you tried to go into nursing school, right? I did. I got, I tried nursing school a few times and um, I got all the way to, I remember as a, um, a backup and it kind of stunk because I had to go uh, even to the orientation and all that stuff. And they're like, okay, you know, we'll call you the first day of school if somebody drops out. And so for a couple of weeks I had to sit there and I mean, this mm. sounds terrible, but I prayed every day, hopefully somebody drops yeah. out. And uh, after the first day came and went, um, they were like, sorry, you know, nobody. And it was it it was horrible. It's the constant heartache of, okay, maybe this will work. Maybe this will work. And then I um, applied and I got into paramedic school because I was like, well, maybe I can become a paramedic and then bridge over. And I have such horrendous testing anxiety that um made it halfway through paramedic school. And I remember taking the cardiology exam and just having this gut feeling like I know this, I know, I know my stuff, mm-hmm. but sitting in this test, you know, you're just like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. And so I ended up failing the cardiology exam and 
it was it was so close to it was not like i bombed it yeah it was like by one or two questions and i remember my entire class just showing up to be like she's a good person she's a good student please let her in and you know they it it is what it is and they were like sorry we can't and i was like okay so do you feel like that was a closed door towards better opportunities or do you still kind of wish you would have passed the medic exam and cards i wish i'd passed like the medical field has always been and still is a huge passion of mine i love the human body medicine um science and i'm just a bad test taker Mm. and i was like all right so i kind of had my you know wallow in sorrow for a little bit and um was like, all right, what's next? And I don't know if you actually remember this. Um, I actually went to Fire Academy. I don't remember this. Oh, you don't? Okay, no. yeah, I went to Fire Academy and I was like, all right, I'll be a firefighter. And I did. I had a total blast. I was the only girl in my class and I kept up with all these boys and <laughs> drove the fire truck and it was really fun. And I was right. like, all right, you know what? I'll be a firefighter EMT. And this is all while you're like, while we're working together? Uh, no, this is right before JPS. Oh, right before JPS. Okay. Yeah. And then I um, I was like, all right. And got out of fire school and, was, and got accepted back into paramedic school. Mm. And I made it almost all the way through again and failed paramedic school. And uh, like I said, it's just the testing anxiety. It's horrific. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I've had it. For years and years, I remember being young and just always getting a test in front of me and wanting to, you know, vomit mm. and pass out. And I don't know why. Is it because the pressure? Just- I, I don't know. Maybe my sisters don't really have it. And um, it's it's crazy. You know, I'd go through the test stuff. And right before I could take the test, I could tell you every answer. Yeah. And then they put the paper in front of me and I'm like, Oh, I don't know what I, I don't know. From the conversations we had, like you're probably one of the smartest people I know. Like, and you have that common sense too, where yeah. you can apply logic and reason to yeah. how you come about these these problems. Mm-hmm. And I, and that stinks. And that's the part of me that it was it was hard because I'm I feel like I'm a an intelligent human. Oh, you are, yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, you know, I can sit here and. N- be an intelligent person and have conversations with people. But then you put paper in front of me and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Oh Mm. my goodness. Interesting. And so unfortunately I failed paramedic school for the second time. And that was devastating to me. And, um, at that point too, I was, um, starting the road to my divorce, which was also hard, you know, total heartache of failing paramedic school, Dang, you know, my, you know, marriage ending, which was hard. I had a little kid that a little daughter that, you know, was looking towards her mom, like, you know, what are we doing? And at the same time, I started having some medical issues, um, that you, you know, you Mm -hmm. are aware of. And are you, do you not want to get into that at all? Uh, we can, um, you know, I started having, um, seizures, which were, very and unfortunately i never had a history of it and um, does your does your family have a history of like epilepsy or anything like just that? just my uncle he had a late on onset of it and he was completely controlled with medicine and it was just literally one day i i dropped in the kitchen and started having one and it was um that was also devastating to me because during all of this i lost my driver's license mm-hmm. i had to teach my young kiddo how to be able to um you know call 911 in case mom fell and uh um, how old was your kiddo at the time oh gosh i think she was 
three or four. So we had to put a special phone in the kitchen. And and this was at the time I just moved out and moved in with my mom. And so we had to put a special phone in the kitchen and show the pink button calls the mm-hmm. ambulance. And, you know, luckily she was, you know, smart and uh, she never had to use it because I was always around somebody when I had one. But uh, so this was all devastating to me and finally got them under control. But um, by that point, after failing paramedic school, I, I kind of was a wanderer and was mm. like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I had tested for a few fire departments, but uh, most around the area want paramedics. Yeah. And so at that point, I was like, I don't know. So I luckily applied to JPS. And I remember, um, you know, meeting this wonderful man who interviewed me as, you know, we all called him Smo, Chris Smoke, <laughs> wonderful guy. Yeah. And he, uh, I didn't realize he interviewed you. Mm-hmm, he did. He interviewed me, asked me a few questions and, uh, I left the interview feeling like, you know, again, like, well, I don't know, maybe we'll see. And luckily I got offered the job pretty quickly and JPS definitely changed my life. It was mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, uh, you know, kind of, uh, just started getting my confidence back, mm-hmm. um, learning so so much information learned so much that place is the best in the er to work with because not only do you have all the residents who are wanting to learn or explain you have all these wonderful doctors who are willing Mm -hmm. to talk to you and to teach you and all the nurses were just so kind at hey let's you know here let me show you this and this is why you know and they would go into background of I'll, I'll teach you the scientific reason because mm-hmm. we're doing this. Because we had smart nurses. So. Oh, my goodness. I That JPS 100% changed my confidence, my life. I mean, it was just the best place to work. What year was that? Did you start? Oh, goodness. Um, I don't, honestly don't, don't remember. Yeah. I'd have to look and count <laughs> backwards. And um, I can't believe how long it's been. I know. God. I know, right? Because I started, I think it was 2014 is when I started. Okay. Well, then maybe... It might have been, for me, it might have been 20, I don't know then. Because I started a little bit before you. Yeah. And. Um, I thought I knew a lot when I came in and you should realize, man, you don't know yeah. Jack. Like, no. Jack. I know. And it's so fun because you learn with all the residents and then every summer when the new residents oh come gosh. in and you have to kind of like. I remember just having to teach them, hey, let's start an IV. And they were like, oh my goodness. You know, it's just fun. Well, it's, it's things too. Cause like when you get those first year residents who are so like uh, book smart, right? They're so book smart. They, there's mm-hmm. a lot of times they're eager, mm-hmm. um, but have very, again, very little common sense mm-hmm. on how to apply that knowledge. Yes. And they don't want to, a lot of times, like for me, they never really want to listen to anything no. I had to say. So I just, I just stopped saying, and yeah. I let somebody who is higher up in the food chain you know see i was always hard-headed i was like uh no Mm -mm. because i may not have a doctor degree but hey i got some common sense and i think if you're if you just show some confidence there then it's it goes a long way like and that was fresh that was kind of the frustrating part at working at jps is we'd have all these nursing students and even paramedic students that would come through and they were brilliant so smart book wise mm-hmm. but then they didn't know how to talk to somebody yeah. and that was very frustrating or how to apply that book smart mm-hmm. and- <laughs> yeah and you would be like um okay well yeah you have to ask these questions i think i made a couple of students cry i felt mm-hmm. bad afterwards cause, yeah like there's one dude i i lit into and uh because he he just refused he was a paramedic student refused to start an iv mm-hmm. Yep. I was like, man, like you can't do it because I'm scared. I was like, bro, you have to. You have and to. I, I had actually had to apologize after because I laid into him kind of yeah. hard. 
but that's kind of like that's that is a culture like there's a balance between being like um nice to the new students Mm -hmm. and trying to teach them and then also hey like you got to get in get your shit together yeah and yep. start jumping in because yes. that's not how this works. No. This isn't a uh, slow step into saving lives, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Like you have to jump in. You have to get in. And that's how you learn. And mm-hmm. that's what I kind of had to apply with police too is you have to get in there and you you might look dumb a few times. But if you get in there and you're like, hey, I've got to learn this. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try you know, th- and it would be funny. Like you'd look at people and you'd be like, Hey, this is a paramedic student. They're going to start their IV on you. And you know what? It's their first IV. And, yeah. but it was fun. You know, yeah. I love that place made lifelong friends. I still love to this day going in there mm-hmm. and seeing people and it's. Oh, but who you know is quite different nowadays. <laughs> it is, especially cause I see mostly night shift people, but uh, you know, yeah. I run into day shift people too, but it's, it's fun. And you know, a lot of people kind of joke around with me. They're like, dang, you know, you know, everybody here. And I'm like, well, yeah, this is my second family, my Mm -hmm. second home. I spent more holidays here than I did at home. And I've cried with these people. I've seen, you know, I've cried with patients and, uh, it's, it's life changing there, but it was, it was a phenomenal experience. I'm glad I just took a whim and just applied, you know, do you remember that, um, patient without getting into too much detail there was a patient you and i had <clears throat> they were hit it was an autoped they're hit at like 75 miles an hour on the highway um they cracked or they, they uh opened their chest mm-hmm. and the patient survived mm-hmm. and we had a full recovery mm-hmm. remember that mm-hmm. that was one of those like oh my gosh sometimes mm-hmm. it works <laughs> It does because a lot of the times you're like, goodness, you know, this is such a far cry. And I actually had that recently. It was an auto ped and FD, you know, we luckily the officer and I that made first scene, he was also an EMT Mm. and we were able to start, you know, CPR right away. And, um, it didn't look good for him Mm -hmm. when, you know, when we heard like how fast he was hit and this and that, and we did CPR and, uh, they actually, you know, got his pulse back and he was breathing on his own and I actually checked on. Yeah. And by the time JPS got him, they, you know, gave him some blood and all that stuff. It was, and he actually, they were like, no, he's going to, we think he's going to be okay. So he was, the patient was dead on arrival Mm -hmm. and bystander CPR, which I truly believe in, you know, bystander CPR. And then we get there and, you know, fire MedStar was on right away and it was all hands on deck. And it just goes to show that modern medicine is amazing. And that when you put, you know, your heart and soul into doing something that, you know, it's, it, you know, sometimes it's, it's amazing. (laughs) And that's, what's kind of funny. It's hard to find that balance because Mm -hmm. it's it, that, that situation doesn't happen. Like, I think a lot of times people think that, Oh, somebody's dead. You start CPR and they come alive. No, that's, I don't know the actual statistic, but it's, I would argue maybe 1%, maybe 5% of people in that situation actually survive and come back. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to not be jaded, you know, to to lose faith in everything that you're doing. Yeah. And I feel like with our job that it it was like, we became jaded and every once in a while we'd have a really good call and it would be like, Oh wow. And it would bring you back Mm -hmm. into why you got into believing and why you got into it, believing in medicine, believing in people. And it's, it's so positive and it's like a good dose of medicine every Mm -hmm. once in a while that you see and you're like, Oh wow. Okay. This is why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. So I I had a, 
I think I was too lost into the weeds of mm-hmm. all the just injustices and things you like. I still to this day struggle with if they're going to die, they're going to die. Bottom mm-hmm. line, like you can pump their chest and do what you can, but if it's their time to go, it's mm-hmm. their time to go. Yeah. And that's kind of, I still have that mindset. There's mm-hmm. things that we can do, but I mean, can you count how many times where you'd have a 90 year old where it's a full arrest and we crack all the bones in their body mm-hmm. and they come back and have a full recovery, but which makes no sense. Yeah. But the 20 year old who was an autoped that you did CPR on mm-hmm. died bottom line it's like yeah. so there's 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 no seemingly um fairness to any of it right life right. isn't fair but it's yeah anyways um back to uh the seizures so you you set up the phone in your kitchen mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and taught your daughter how to mm-hmm. and i finally i saw i started seeing a great um neurology team they were able to you know i say not fix me but get me to where i was healthy mm-hmm. controlled uh, felt good again and um, finally applied to PD. And uh, so that was all before PD and finally was able to apply to PD. And um, uh, after my test, I got my results and did really well. And they were like, okay, uh, come take the physical. And I was literally postpartum with Avery, my littlest. Um, I think she was, gosh, I think she was like four months old. So oh I was goodness. still like out of shape. Healing still. Healing. Yeah. Like, Girl. oh man, it was rough. So I show up and I was like, okay, well, this is, is going to be embarrassing. What the physical consist of? Um, they make you sprint. They make you jump a fence. It's an obstacle. They make you, um, it's like an obstacle course. They make you drag a dummy. They make you run up and down stairs. And then they, at the very, very end, when you're fully just exhausted, they make you pick up like a, um, not a play pistol, but like a pistol with a laser. And you have to stand there and shoot it through like this little small circle to show that, you know, you could hold after running and running and running that you could hold, a, you know, a weapon and mm-hmm. be pretty consistent and, um, and so of course me being, you know, exhausted from a newborn and working, I cannot imagine. I of course like barely pay attention. Well, I was paying attention, but I was, I was tired. I run the obstacle and I completely messed it up because I ran like the wrong direction. <laughs> and so I, I missed oh, wow. the Yeah. And so I luckily was able to get it past the physical and I don't even know how I was just like, my body was like, what are you doing? So Whoa. I passed the physical. That's crazy. And by that point I was like, oh, my, I have got to start working out more. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, and then it was, it, this was such a long process. It feels like, I mean, mm-hmm. when you tell it, it's like, this did not happen in a week. This yeah. was like weeks and months. And, um, we well, you know Spence is graduating. Yes, he graduates. I think he graduates Friday. I see yeah. him in the academy occasionally. Oh, really? and you have to be like very undercover about it. I have to be like, hey, like, because they're recruits. And so yeah. they have to like walk in a straight line and not make like, and they always have to be like, good morning, ma'am, or good morning, sir. And huh. I always, I don't want to make a big deal because I don't want to get him in trouble, but I'm always like, hey, Spence, hey, hey. You know? So, so you, Spence uh, worked with us two in the ER mm-hmm. and we we're all EMTs. Mm-hmm. So he's now like, he's also, gosh, he's like the nicest guy ever. <laughs> when, when he first, I'm not going to lie. When he first said he's going PD, a lot of people were like, oh, wow. I mean, like, cause he's such a nice guy. Like, I know. How, how are you going to be able to tackle someone? Or, mm-hmm. But that's the thing is he's so nice. He'll probably be able to talk his way out of everything. Yeah. De-escalate yeah. everything. Yeah, exactly. So um, he'll be great. I can, I'm so oh, excited for him to come out. I know. Yes. I'm so excited for he's him. He's going to be amazing. But, uh, 
yeah, so did all that and then had my interview. And of course, you sweat the interview. You're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah. And uh, uh, was it a board interview as well? It was. There okay. was a bunch of people in a room and uh, they ask you all these questions. Scenario based, I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, right. not even scenario, just like what's what is going on with your life, what you've done in your life, why you want to be a cop, this and that. And like I said, I was still exhausted from a newborn. Uh, we were moving. I was still working. J- I, JPS alone, to be able to do anything yes. outside of working at JPS it's is, is hard. It's hard, mm-hmm. to be honest, and, because of how intense it is all the time. Yeah, and and like you said, it, you I would work the weekends, and it would take me a day or so to actually physically recover because mm-hmm. you're just exhausted. And then you have to, and then I would have to mom full time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, they're asking me questions and I'm like, look, you know, I would have to answer. Yeah. You know, and, and they were great people. And I think they knew that I was genuine. I would hope. And, um, and I did, I got the call a few, you know, a few weeks later that I was going to be accepted to the Academy and uh i was excited yeah and i remember you were like hopping up and down at work holy moly <laughs> yes i was so excited i had no idea was it what was in front of yeah. me though with the academy so, so before we get into the academy how long did it take from that first application till you got the call oh goodness um oh goodness i i would have to i think it was like five-ish months five, maybe five six months because it's such a long process wow. now i think they've um not made it shorter, but they work a little quicker because we're so short staffed that they're like, Hey, we got to start working to get people through and get people hired. So I think it's a little bit quicker. I could be wrong. I thought Spence said it was even longer than that. Really? Yeah. Maybe it was. My brain is so scattered. <laughs> I swear. Cause it's so, so it's, you work nights, right? Yeah. So is right now like the evening for you? Uh, so no well what time is it okay 11 no usually i'm asleep i usually sleep i come home my shift ends at six but working in south we usually never get done at six we're usually i usually get home about seven ish oh well that's my son i'll cut that out <laughs> i usually get done at about seven. Oh, hold on so where was i goodness um I was distracted by the night. Oh, yes. Okay. By my time. So yes. I usually get home about seven. I usually have to make lunches, um, make breakfast, get kids ready. And then I usually lay down about 7.30 and then I sleep till about two. So I'm right, I'm right during your nap time right now. I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> but today's my day off. So I like, um, so Mondays I usually wake up about, you know, afternoon and then I usually try to wake up earlier so then I okay. can switch my body. Oh, so, so you do a full switch during your days off? I do. Cause I mean, that's hard. It is I've had to do that. horrible. It is so bad, but, um, are you looking gives, for like a day shift? No. Well, you still like nights? I do. I love working midnights. Huh. Um, I mean, you feel like crap all the time. I look like crap all the time. I mean, I'm angry most of the time, <laughs> but it, I mean, I do, I really enjoy it. We get a lot of good calls at midnight. Yeah. Are you um, still, are you still liking the, uh, the intense calls like that? I do. You do like them? Okay. I am. I'm one of those that just thrive on being busy mm-hmm. and, uh, like, you know, looking for bad guys. I love it. <laughs> and, uh, okay, before, before I get back into like your, your current job today, I, I am curious what the Academy was like. Okay. Well, so five months until you got the call. Yeah. And then I remember the first day, 
you go in, <laughs> I was not ready for it. I've never been, um, I've never served like in the service or anything. So we go in the first day is like boot camp kind of, uh, you go in, you run in in civilian clothes. Um, they kind of make you walk in and stand in the lobby and you just kind of stand around. We're all quiet. Nobody knew each other. Mm-hmm. And then the staff walks in and they just start yelling and you start running to the gym with all your stuff and you stand in, you stand in line Ooh. and they just start walking up and down the lines, like yelling at you. And I remember being kind of irritated because I was like, look, I'm not a 22 year old punk. I'm like, you know, 30. Well, I was, gosh, I was a couple years ago. I was late twenties. I was already a mom. I was already, you know, like, like, look, just get out of my face you know but that's their job it's kind of to weed out the people that you know are weak and that can't handle the job so i just stood there and took it and then they make you run outside and we did an obstacle course for a while and i thrive on like fast paced like because i'm a runner Mm -hmm. i love that fast paced obstacle course kind of work i i would rather run 10 miles then do 30 minutes of weightlifting really yes and so that's kind of what the obstacle courses were gross (laughs) i know but it was you know bear crawls and running up and down and you know like just stuff like that and so i thrived on that and i went into the academy at like 150 because i just had a baby a few months prior and i was like this is it yes this is what i need to whoop my butt back in the shape And so the first couple of weeks were rough because they want to weed out the people that are not going to do this. And we, I mean, we lost like the first day or so we lost quite a few people. Really? Because Hmm. it was people that were like, no, nope, not going to do it. And the academy is intense, not only physically, because we worked out every day, but it was also very mentally challenging because you have to be able to get yelled at every day and get treated like your child and, um, and I was worried because it was constant tests, which I was like, oh no, hmm. you know, and you can't fail. And so there was multiple times that I was, I mean, you know, physically ill because I was like, oh my gosh, this test tomorrow is going to be it. And I'm going to get kicked out. And what am I going to do? And I'm going to go back to making, you know, EMT pay and this mm-hmm. and that. And I was... I mean, it was rough for nine months. I was a anxiety, you know, running crazy mess because I was, I I wanted this so bad. Mm -hmm. I remember your, uh, your, your statuses a lot of times. Oh my gosh. Like I've got to get through this. Uh Like, holy moly. And so I would get home from the academy late and then do dinner and bed and bath. And then I would sit down and have to start studying from like 9 PM to about midnight and then wake up at 5 a.m. and start it all over. And I sat down and the only thing that really helped was I had a huge whiteboard and I would write stuff over and over and over and flashcards and over. And, you know, at lunchtime, I'd sit there with my flashcards. And there's a lot of times during the day that I would not eat breakfast. I couldn't eat lunch because I was so ill because I was so just wow. anxious about tests. And am I going to do this? Am I going to get through this? And, um, it was nine months of pure, just like, holy cow. And, but it makes you a stronger person. Mm -hmm. And I think it really teaches you to be able to get out onto the streets and handle the stress and anxiety as well as you can, because you went through nine months of just, holy cow, 
um, you know, people in your face yelling and, you know, you screw up and, you know, you'd be in the middle of class getting taught a lesson. And then all of a sudden the teacher would be like, you know, I don't like what you just said, everybody outside. And we'd have to do wall sits for, you know, God knows how long. And, uh, hmm. you know, just craziness. And we'd all be, you know, be hot out and we'd be running up and down with full uniforms on and we'd go back into the classroom and we would all smell like livestock because we were all just like, <laughs> holy cow. But it was great. I mean, I lost like 20 pounds. Mm. I came out a stronger person. I had a bunch of people that I considered family. Um, you know, and that's in the academy is really where you earn your reputation mm. because most of those people know everybody in the field and they're like, you know, this person's hard worker or this person's not, or this person, you know, and I remember just trying to work my ass off mm-hmm. and at the same time, work my ass off at home and show my two girls, you know, your mom is strong. Your mom can do this. Yeah. And, um, I remember actually towards the very end, we had a few weeks left till graduation. And I remember I was ex- just completely exhausted emotionally, physically, just everything. And I remember we were doing CT, which is like where we go and we learn how to roll and fight and all this stuff. And I remember I was just getting it wrong over and over and over. And I was just, I think I was so frustrated with just everything myself. Um, we're not, you know, I just want to be done with this. You know, I just want to, you know, everything. Mm. And I remember just crying just standing there and just crying. And I was just like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Like I am, I, I will, I'm going to die of a stroke because I cannot take this stress any longer. I just was done. And that's how, you know, the instructors actually like, even though they're being instructors and they get in your face, that's where I saw the softer side of them because they called me out of class and I had to go into this classroom and sit with these guys that were up in my face all day and you know calling us all crazy and names and making us do crazy exercises and they all sat with me and became like a different human and they sat and they were like you got this you know you're a good student you're a good mom this and that and I saw a different side wow. and that's where you're like okay I can I can do this and after that day I went home I got like, I didn't study that night. I got like 12 hours of sleep, eight, did good, came back the next day. And I remember my corporal at the time, she was a female. She's a great, she's actually a sergeant now. And she was wonderful. And she called me in her office and she's a mom. And she sat me down and everything, I mean, she just knew, knew everything I was thinking, doing. And she was like, you're going to be fine. Hmm. You're going to be good. I know everything. And she talked to me and she was able to get me on a different level to where I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's finish. And it was, and I, that's amazing. Yeah. And it's, I think it's also different when you have a female who is also a mom Hmm. who is a rank above you or, and looking at you and being very sincere about you got this. And so I was like, cool, let's go. And, uh, so, so at the beginning of the Academy, the instructors are, well, my kids are still screaming in the background. Um, the instructors are assholes. <laughs> okay. They're trying to get people out. They're not going to do that way. They did like an intervention almost like they did yes. with you at the beginning of the Academy. Cause mm-hmm. is that because they haven't really built that relationship with these new students? Yeah. It's because they want to see if you're going to get screamed at in your face, you're not going to cry and run away because we get that in the job. 
we get yelled at and screamed at and we have to be able to stand there and take it and be level headed and not just cry or yeah. just punch somebody in the face. It took eight months of this for you. Yeah, of them, well, them kind of doing this to you. Of and them then- doing that, but not only doing that, but seeing the people who are level headed or, you know what, this person just physically cannot do this. Hmm. And it was great training, you know, so it was, it's been good to see, um, people, like I said, for nine months, we get yelled at. And I remember the last week we were going through like officer survival. And I remember all of us, we kind of were just done and we were acting like we were graduated and they were like, uh, uh-uh, uh, and they smoked us <laughs> for like, a, oh my gosh, smoked our really? butts. And it kind of brought us down. And, but when, by, when you say smoked, what do you mean? Oh, we had, we were in full uniform gun belt and we were getting like, we were getting, we had to do sprints and push ups <laughs> and all this stuff. And I was just like, oh my goodness. But I can still feel this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But by, by that point, I think we were all so used, to, we were like, all right, let's do this. Like we weren't like built up anger. We were just like, all right no big deal like all right let's go and i'm like all right well this means i can eat a banana split tonight because i just did sprints again you know so it was great training um i'm glad they did what they did with you know yelling and push-ups and screaming and military style because in our profession you have to be able to um level-headed like get through a level-headed or get through a situation level-headed like you know, people call us because they need us because they can't figure out what's going on or there there's an emergency and we have to be able to show up and have people yelling mm-hmm. and be able to be like, all right, let's do this. Let's, yeah. let's get through this. And that nine months of the Academy really prepared a lot of us for that. Hmm. So. so you, you graduate, <clears throat> you go through, I'm guessing some like a, what is it? A year at FTO. Yeah. Was, well, not a year. It was, we did, two weeks with they're called MPOs, which is a neighborhood police officer. So we kind of ride around with them. It kind of introduces you to, Hey, there's a police car. So like a, is a beat. You're riding the beat with us. Yeah. Else? With it. It's called an M. Yeah. Okay. And so each MPO has a certain area that they get out into the community and they meet, you know, HOA owners and business owners. Mm. And so it kind of introduced us slowly into, Hey, this is how you talk to people. You know, this is a cop car this is the sector and all this stuff. And so they introduce you kind of slowly, which was nice. And then you do, um, so you do three phases and you do like a middle phase and a ghost phase. So the first phase, um, I got put on midnights and I had a wonderful FTO. He, uh, he was good because I was like, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Hmm. So he was wonderful. He taught me how to just do basic traffic mm-hmm. Um, you know, even just easy stuff like, Hey, we're going to walk up to that business owner and talk to him and see if they need anything. And he was wonderful. And so each phase you kind of have to do more and more. Mm -hmm. And by your middle phase, the, the FTO kind of wants to see what you can and can't do. And by ghost phase, the FTO wears normal people clothes and basically is non-existent. They just are there to make sure that you're not going to like completely screw everything up and i remember by ghost phase i was like i actually was like i actually told my instructor i was like look you've got to like hold me back i i don't want to like be let loose we call it let Mm -hmm. loose where you are done with instructors you're now 
you know, you're, you're ready to go, ready to go. You're yeah. done. You can drive by yourself, whatever. And I remember looking and being like, please hold me back. <laughs> please don't let me go out there alone. And it was just because I had lack of confidence yeah. once again, because I had always, like I said, failed. And I actually, I, when we took our police exam, mm-hmm. our like state test, mm-hmm. kind of like what we do with EMT, the first time you, the first time, the first test, we were sitting there and I was, of course, sick to my stomach and I ended up failing the first exam. And I remember I, oh my gosh, cried and cried and cried. Oh my and goodness, my, I cannot imagine. horrible. I had just gone through nine months yeah, no, I was of say, hell. Oh, wow. And sitting there and I cried and cried and peep all my friends, all, you know, you go through with this family and they're sitting there and they're hugging you in the hallway and they're like, no, we're going to get through this. And I left and everybody sent me, you know, hey, you know, these are my notes. Look at my notes. And I left and I remember going to Starbucks and getting a coffee and being like, okay, I'm going to go home. I'm going to take a hot shower. I'm going to eat dinner. I'm just going to read through some of my notes. And I'm telling you, I was in bed by like 8 p.m. I got like 12 hours of sleep, woke up the next day, had breakfast, forced myself to eat. (laughs) <laughs> went in and aced it was That's like amazing. boom and there's something to say about your mental state with mm. tests and so did it was great so anyways fast forward so graduate or graduation get through fto school and then i get cut loose so how long was it after graduating to being cut loose during the um, fto phases i think each phase what is it each phase is four weeks or something or i don't know it's like three weeks with each fto it's a couple weeks okay it's a couple yeah it's a few months okay so so you're on the street for a few months with people before you get let loose yes absolutely and unfortunate well not unfortunately okay so you get kind of told you hey put in for where you want to go and of course me being like oh goodness okay i'll go to you know the deep north area and um, you know, work in the areas I'm familiar with. I know the streets, you know, okay. I'm, Cause you, you know, live up of, north, right? Yeah, yeah. So you wanted to be a beat mm-hmm. in your area? Yeah. And okay. I was kind of timid, like, okay, I'll, you know, whatever. Uh, well that was not, that didn't go my way. And they looked at me and they're like, all right, you're going to go to central and you're going to go to, it's called Baker. So central's divided into two areas. So Baker is from Lancaster, all the way mm-hmm. south to Barry. Okay. <laughs> it's an interesting area. Um, and I got thrown into Midnight's and I didn't have anybody from my class. Oh, okay. And so I couldn't even grasp onto anybody in my class. I couldn't like be like, okay, let's ride together. So what's the culture like when it like when you when you first get let loose and you say you're you're not with anybody in your class, mm-hmm. there's a lot of experienced officers out there. Do they know you're new? Do they know are they yeah. willing to help lend a helping hand or are they it kind depends. of just like good luck? It depends. Um because on the, on the on the ambulance, it's like good luck. Yes, trial by fire. Have a good have a good life. So it kind of depends. It depends on who you are, and it depends on who you work with. Um, I was one of those. I always call it like an annoying chihuahua. I was like, you know what? I don't have anybody, so I'm gonna be like, what you doing? What you? So I was showing up on mm-hmm. everybody's call, and I was like, what you doing? What you doing? What you doing? And I made it a point to every shift or so, I'd be like, hey, can I ride with you? And I'd ride with a different officer okay. all the time to see like what how they worked compared to how other officers work and what they oh i like how they do that i like how they do that and i did that like for a while and i had this wonder wonderful sergeant and um she 
like really was able to boost my confidence with, Hey, you did, you know, Hey, you did a great job on that. Good job. And you know, it wasn't like I was looking for that every single call, but every once in a while she'd be like, Hey, um, Hey, that was a great call you did. Hmm. And it was like, Oh, Oh, okay. I kind of, Oh, I do know what I'm doing. Hmm. And because nobody wants, nobody likes being the new guy. That's no, that's like the worst. It was rookie life, right? Horrible. It's horrible, yeah. and that's why when new rookies come out, I try to be like that nice person where I'm like, "Hey, good morning. Mm-hmm. Hey, how are you?" Because you remember what it was like. Yes, because yeah. you remember, and it's horrible. But I remember my first call. I went, and it was a hit and run, and it was in Baker 12's beat. And I remember that beat officer. His uh, name's uh, Gentry Cotton, and still to this day, he's great, great friend. Him and his wife uh, and his kids, we've hung out with them. You know, his kids have come over. But I remember showing up and being like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You know? <laughs> and so he actually kind of showed me the ropes for a while with, huh. hey, you know, we do this. And he was good to me because he didn't mind, I think, that I was following him around for a little bit and being like, hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you do this? And it was one of those where I just had to force myself to learn from mistakes. Huh. And that was the best way of doing things. Hey, uh, yeah, you probably shouldn't do that on a traffic stop because it's officer safety. And I was like, Oh wow, you're right. Oh my gosh. Okay. Hmm. Good to know. So how do you, how do you, um, process things like that? Where if you make a mistake as a cop, Mm -hmm. the repercussions could be massive. Yeah. How do you deal with that? So that's a good question. Um, Luckily, in, you know, in my three and a half years in Central and in, you know, past couple of weeks in South, I have luckily not had any major, major incidents to where, you know, anybody has gotten severely, severely injured or killed. Um, but it's, you know, on stuff where something has happened, like I have gotten, I've gotten severely injured and I have learned from those incidents and it's it just takes learning from i hate to say this it takes learning from your mistakes and we constantly uh luckily my sergeants have been good about in roll call we go through scenarios sometimes or we'll go through hey this is an officer safety let's start focusing on that and with police officers we're constantly training and updating ourselves and you know, looking at our general orders. And- see, even that's not normal. The constantly training thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, I've heard a lot of departments, your training is pretty much still on the job while many people argue that the training should be way more than on the job training because mm-hmm. of how severe the consequences mm-hmm. could be. Yeah. Well, and that's some of the things that we put in for like, um, that we've talked about, like doing when you're recruiting the Academy, like, Hey, instead of doing five days a week of class, let's do four days a week of, you know, class. And then on the fifth day, let's do only scenarios. We'll do scenarios all day. Hmm. And I feel like that would be helpful because, you know, in EMT school, you do so much class and then they're like, hey, go do all these, you know, clinicals. And that's where you learn all your stuff. You know, Hmm. I'm sorry. Somebody can sit in a classroom all day and be book smart, but they might, you know, go out and screw stuff up in clinicals. Hmm. And that's where you know training and like i said constant training is great Mm -hmm. and constant updating yourself and reading and um like i said with fort worth we're very 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 fortunate to have we have a great great training village and it seems like it yeah because i've worked even alongside a lot of fort worth officers Mm -hmm. both 
when they, I mean, I've, I've fought people with these fourth officers mm-hmm. in the ER mm-hmm. because they, they're going crazy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those guys, man, they seem like they're, they got a good head on their shoulders. Yeah. And, um, I will say being a female in this job too, um, has helped with even my little five foot five self, I'll approach a call and immediately people are like, Oh, okay. And I've been able to level headedly deescalate a situation because I'm like, Hey, what's going on? Just cause you're smaller. Not, not necessarily that, but I can talk to them in either a mom way or a female way and be like, man, I understand what you're saying. Hmm. I know you're upset, you know, and, a, um, a lot of people too, they won't necessarily bow up to a lot of, especially guys, a lot of guys, if they're like, you know, I could walk up and a, you know, guy officer could be not necessarily like upset with a guy, but you know, the person that's called might be yelling at a male officer and I'm so upset and blah, blah, blah. And then a female officer might walk up and he'll be like, oh, and he'll some of these guys will be like, well, I've got to be semi-respectful hmm. and they'll kind of calm down a little bit. Or, or like I said, my mom, Interesting. my mom mode might kick in. <laughs> you know? I've seen your mom mode. You've used your mom mode on me before. <laughs> yeah. Where I'm like, I look and I point my finger and I'm like, stop. You yeah. know, oh, there's yeah. been know. times where I'm like, stop, <laughs> sit down. And they're like, okay. And they'll sit down. And then it's like, all right. Interesting. You want to talk? Okay. Hmm and it's kind of funny like those uh it, that's a that's profiling right now is is huge right mm-hmm. everybody doesn't want to be profiled and no matter what race it is doesn't matter nobody wants to be profiled um get pulled over because you're a certain race whatever it is the profiling is inerrant like we can't help but profile it's part of our actual dna so even though and we can we can train to be careful and not profile in certain ways that are could become drastic um, however, even the, the the people who are calling nine one one and they mm-hmm. they see a guy versus a girl, that's automatic profile. Oh, I can speak to them differently because they're a different sex or they're mm-hmm. they're small, you know. So it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting how mm-hmm. that still applies in in so many different situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like um, you know, even certain calls, like if there's you know a female that's been assaulted, sometimes they'll speak or give more um, more. Uh, gosh, um, just information because they're like, oh, it's a small female. I'll get down on her, you know, or sometimes even if I just sit down next to them, they'll respond so much better and Mm -hmm. give me more information within a few minutes than as opposed to standing over them Mm -hmm. or a gigantic male standing over them. Or somebody who might have just gotten raped. Yeah. Or it's, 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 there's so much pros and cons hmm. to being a female in this job. And it's been such a great journey so far. What are some of the cons? Um, you know, I am littler and, you know, I'm five foot five. And sometimes when I walk up and a guy gets out of car and he's six, three, I look up and I'm like, whoa, you're <laughs> tall. And, you know, so regardless, you know, I have a lot of, you know, different, you know, training and stuff like that. But sometimes a guy can tower way tower over me and that's a con, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I've got to back up a little more mm-hmm. to give myself more time to either react or, you know, call for help and, um, and cons too. You know, sometimes guys look at females and they're like, you know, as much as sometimes we get respect, there's a lot of guys mm-hmm. that look at females and they do not respect females yeah. or they're, you know, they consider females, you know, property almost. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're like, Mm-mm, no. How do you respond to something like that? 
Um, luckily, goodness, luckily, like I said, with my training and stuff, I've been able to stay level headed for the most part Mm -hmm. and just realize that sometimes that's part of who people are or how they were raised. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes people were raised that way and they don't under, or they just don't know any different. And as long as I stay level headed, a lot of times it'll keep the situations from, you know, going a different way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes I do have to put on my big girl pants and be like, look, Mm -hmm. you know, stop. And like I said, sometimes I've got to, you know, put on my smaller voice and be like, okay, hey, you know, what are we going to do from this? What are we going to, you know, talk to me? And you can get so far in, you know, sometimes this job from just changing your voice or, you know, even, like I said, getting on their level. Sometimes, I've, I mean, I've sat in the middle of the street sometimes with, you know, victims or even, you know, suspects, and it's made a huge difference with, okay, what they're going to tell me or what they, you know, the actions. And um, I guess, how do you personally, even along that same train of thought, how do you personally keep yourself from feeling like you're going to snap? You know, where I'm not feeling okay. And I think a lot of those situations that were like the, the things that are getting a lot of the, the news attention today, mm-hmm. um, it's, it seems like it might be situations where, um, some argue that the police officer didn't do something that was good or not. It doesn't matter. But my point is like, how do you, how do you learning from situations like that keep yourself from even getting any type of situation like that? You, you can always stay a level ahead, but even your time as an EMT, it's hard sometimes. Yeah. You know? You know what? And I think that's where it comes with getting to know your coworkers. I work with some amazing people who we know each other so well that they know when I'm getting to the point where I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a call last week where there was a girl who, you know, she was, you know, highly intoxicated and it was very hard to communicate with her. And... I was saying the same things and trying to give her, come on, you know, just listen. And I was getting frustrated. And luckily my partner saw that and he knows me and he was like, okay. And he stepped in and was able to be like, Hey, we're going to do this. And that girl look, she just, for some reason was able to communicate with him better and we moved on and it was, you know, the call turned out great. So that's where it comes with getting to know your coworkers, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like when we worked at JPS, we always knew when something was wrong with one yeah. of our friends yeah. that we knew their, you know, the way they were acting, the way they looked, the way they were speaking. And there's, a, there's a definite look yes. when somebody, when someone's done. Yeah. And that's how, you know, my team, we, you know, especially when I was working in central, we all were able to, even my sergeant, just, I would, she, my, uh, she just went somewhere else, but, um, she could literally just look at me. And I remember she overheard my conversation in the hallway one time and she looked at me and she said, just go home. Hmm. No questions asked. No, nothing. She just looked at me and she just looked at the way I, how just tired I was. And she just said, go home, come back tomorrow. And Do you I think that's like, cool. a Fort Worth thing department? Cause it doesn't seem like every department's like that. I honestly, I don't know, but I honestly think that's, even just with the jobs you do. And, you know, um, because working as an EMT, we were, like I said, able to kind of read each other mm-hmm. and it would be like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to run this call. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember just a few months ago, there was a, uh, there was an autoped that came out and it was a kid 
And I remember just reading the details and the guy, <sighs> one of my partners that was sitting next to me, he said, you go answer that call and I will take this call. Can't do kids. Mm-hmm. And, and they know that, you know, I worked with, when I was in Baker for a while, I was, you know, besides my sergeant, I was the only girl and they all know I'm a mom and they all know that, you know, I work hard, but at the same time, some things I'm just, I'm going to have a hard time with. And so that's when he looked at me, he said, Hey, you know what? You go take that report call and I'm going to handle this. And Mm. that's how you just read each other. And there's been times where I've looked at them and I'm like, you know what? I know you hate those kind of calls. I'm going to take that for you. Go answer, you know that burglary alarm (laughs) and that's what you do for one another and i think that's with this job you become like a family Mm -hmm. and so you know of course i recently just moved to south so i'm still trying to like figure out kind of like where i fit in and how i fit in Mm -hmm. and luckily you know everybody i've worked with has been great Mm -hmm. and uh but it's, you know, one of those where I've started figuring out who does what, who, you know, rides with who, who, you know, and it's, it's kind of like you learn how to be in a new family mm-hmm. and, uh, it's been fun. You know, like I rode, um, the other night with another female cause she, me and her only work one day a week with each other, but I think she knew that I needed some girl time and I was like, Hey, you want to <laughs> ride together? And she was like, yes. And I laughed for 10 hours. I laughed, <laughs> you know, just 10 hours. We laughed, we ate candy. <laughs> we used the bathroom 10 times in the night. Cause we, you know, we're, it's like, uh, is she a mom too? Yeah. Yeah. And so it was one of those where I was like, I needed that. Mm-hmm. And you just get to the point in this kind of job where you're just like, you read each other. It seems like there's even, there's the brotherhood, the familyhood with a lot of this type mm-hmm. of stuff, but it seems like even on another level, there's a sisterhood, mm-hmm. you know? Well, you have to be, because mm-hmm. this profession, it's not, it's like, I'm sure it's like this when guys become a nurse. Mm-hmm. They're like surrounded by females 99% <laughs> of the time. Yeah. You know? And so the guy nurses, I'm sure they're like, hey, I'm surrounded by girls all day. Can Let's go have a beer and watch football, yeah. you know? And with girls, it's like, hey, oh my God, I'm tired of these boys. Mm-hmm. Can we go have M&Ms and ride together? <laughs> you know? Well, even jumping from ambulance, where it was just me and my partner all mm-hmm. day, every day, to the ER, where it was mm-hmm. 99% female, was mm-hmm. hard. Yes. The words alone yeah. wore me the heck yeah. out. Yeah, you have to be careful what you say. Well, and- it was just too much. Like, mm-hmm. words wear me out. Mm-hmm. Like, I know we're having a podcast here and stuff, but yeah. whenever, whenever I get around a lot of people who just talk a lot with no purpose, I'm just like, ah. Well, and that's the funny thing is, is uh, like, even you go on calls and you find like some people will just start rambling. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, you know, like you'll watch your partner and they're just like, okay, how do I make, and I'll just jump in. I'll be like, how can we help you today? You know? And they'll, that person will be like, oh yeah, I called for this. And it's like change the scenery. That's how you just, you become a family, a sisterhood, brotherhood. And it's been fun. And that's, I think whenever I wanted to do a different job, I knew I wanted to stay in the same area of first responder because I knew I was always born for that adrenaline junkie rush, Mm -hmm. sister brotherhood kind of deal. I'd never wanted to sit behind a desk. I never wanted to wear clothes. (laughs) I wanted to always be able to just have two or three things I had to wear. And hey, we're going to drive really fast to this. Or hey, we're going to, you know, hey, we got a hot call coming in in two minutes. You know, Mm -hmm. put your stuff on. And it's, I've always knew I wanted to do that. And so I think when I went from EMT, there was two choices. There was fire or police Mm. and police just called me and I was like, cool. And I definitely, definitely have no, no, 
in my heart that it's been the best and it was the right decision. I mean, I love it every day. That's amazing. It seems like you're, you're kicking ass, honestly. I love it. Um, I am curious what it, so we talked a little bit about you know, what's like being a female and the sister of the family, all that would be as a cop, but the culture has changed quite a bit um, in society today from even when you started four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. How has that been with everything that's gone in the world today, being a cop? So I feel like, man, it's, so I feel like everybody watches way too much news <laughs> and there's this negative stigma because you only, and I've actually joked about this. I'm like, we have so much negative news. I almost want to start a positive news cast that's where what, uh, I'm like, you know what? what John Krasinski does. You see oh, those? Really? No. He's got a podcast that he does and all he does is like the best things in the world. That's yeah. See, it's like, it's amazing. Like, Makes you cry every time. Yeah. The news, I'm like, the news comes on at, you know, like NBC nightly news comes on every day at five 30. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? At six o'clock I want, you know, like, for 30 minutes, I want, you know what? Let's all do rainbows and butterflies for 30 <laughs> more minutes. It's know? called the Good News Network. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. See, because it's like every, for 30, you know, minutes a day or so, and even longer. I mean, hours. And then you hours. Add, then you complement that with all the Facebook yes, stuff. Yes, you just get negative, mm-hmm. negative, negative. And so people only see the negativity where I wish people also would see the positivity, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think the, all the negative things you see... For, Overall, though, there's so much goodness, but we don't get to see it mm-hmm. because people don't talk about it or, or not enough people see it. And, you know, that's kind of where I wish we almost had a, like a local network where they're like, oh, yeah, you know, this, yeah, negative things happen today. Mm-hmm. But on top of this, this police officer did this, this firefighter did that, mm-hmm. you know, this happened, you know, and it's, it's so frustrating because, and I've had to tell people this on scene where they're yelling and people, but we, you know, you guys hate us. And I, I actually finally looked at a girl a week or so ago and I'm like, look, you cannot judge us all by one bad apple. You can't, you know, I come to work every day because I have kids. I want to be able to provide for them and I want to be able to make a difference and I want to be able to help you on the worst day of your life. Mm. And if I didn't want to do that, I wouldn't. And so I want people to know that you cannot judge off of just a few bad actions. What'd I she mean, say to that? Um, I mean, she kind of understood, um, you know, her mom and dad were like, oh, it's almost like they had never really thought of that before. Mm. And that's what I think people jump to these conclusions that all of us are, you know, in it for the bad and this and that. And in reality, there's been so many times where I've seen officers pull out their own money and be like, instead of taking this lady for to jail for theft, I'm going to pay for her groceries because she was stealing for her mm-hmm. two kids that are standing next to her because she has no food for them. And or, you know, where I'm standing there and I'm looking at, you know, this lady and she's got no jacket for her kid. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. And all of us pitch in and buy, you know, and it's, it's like these things, but you don't hear about those things. Mm -hmm. You don't hear about officers helping to push a car off the road and then going back to our own cars to get jumper cables to help this lady. And, and that's a, that's a big reason why I wanted to have you on. Yeah. I wanted cause I know you, Yeah, I know you're not like what everybody says cops are. No. And it stinks. Like I, you know, work, I work with this fantastic officer and he, we had a lady that was broken down and 
we're not allowed to jump people's cars with our patrol cars, just in case, you know, because we have computers, just in case mm-hmm. something electrical happens. And this officer went back to our sector, drove his own personal vehicle back to this scene and jumped her car with his own personal vehicle. But you know what? That didn't make the news because it mm. wasn't, you know, it wasn't it's not good, juicy. Yeah, it's not juicy. Nobody and wants to know about good things. Exactly. And that mm. lady drove off and was able to drive her car home and get her kids home safe. And, you know, it's it's things like that. Or, you know what? This person in front of us doesn't have enough money for their food. You know what? Hey, let's all pitch in. Or I went on a call once and it was in the summer and this poor lady had no air conditioning and me and a fire stood there and we were like, oh my goodness. And then the next thing I know, the fire department's coming back because they all pitched in with their own money and bought this lady an AC unit. And it's, but you don't see that. And it's, it's a bummer. And so many of us are parents and just want a better world for our kids to grow up in. Mm-hmm. So it's no matter what you look like, doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't. We're yeah. all just people. Mm-hmm. We're all parents. Exactly yes. what you're saying. That's amazing. Yeah, and so there's so much good things going on. And Fort Worth PD is really good about trying to remain positive because no matter what you see, the majority of Fort Worth residents like their police officers. Mm-hmm. There's so many times I go to Seven Eleven and I'm like, if I don't buy this Red Bull, I'm going to crash, and I walk up and the, uh, uh, you know, cashier's like, oh, no, no, you're good. That person over there paid for that, you know? And mm. it's so many times that happens. Oh, you know, that person over there bought your lunch. That, you know, so people have to understand too, a lot of people really like police officers, but that's not juicy news. And so my goal here with you is to let people know that a lot of us are caring loving parents that want you know you to be safe and your kids to be safe and fort worth to be mm-hmm. safe and um do you, you think know. a lot of the uh minority communities feel that from you guys um yeah i think so because honestly i've shown up on so many calls where you know minorities by the, you know, I show up in a lot of music and I'm like, hey, y'all, you know, hey, we're getting complaints, but hey, what are y'all celebrating? And mm-hmm. they'll tell me. And by the end of the, you know, call, I'm walking away with a piece of birthday cake or, <laughs> you know, a Coke yeah. or chips and salsa. Mm-hmm. And because you know what? I'm like, man, you know, I have a birthday party going on next week in my backyard. And I would hope that that officer would treat me with the same respect. Mm-hmm. And, and you've just built a relationship with that mm-hmm. family now. Yes. And that entire neighborhood. Yeah. And, you know, it's. It's, I, I think a lot of minorities actually are very, um, you know, respond to us well. It's just the very few seeds that don't make the news Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, and it's sad, but I mean, you know, I've driven around on July 4th where kids are outside doing sparklers and we're like, okay, I know you guys can't do that, but hey, I, you know, that's a cool sparkler. And then you get out and you have to be the whole, mm. don't do the sparkler. But, hey, this is a cool party. You guys are great, you know. Mm. And just What's don't- What's that? Is it the sandwich method? Positive, negative, positive? Yes. Man, I love you guys are having a party. Maybe not do this. You know, what are you celebrating? Yeah. Let's talk. Let's exactly. celebrate together as a couple. And at the end of the call, you know, you're walking away with maybe new found respect. And mm. maybe they had a bad, you know- uh, you know, a negative experience last time, but now they're like, oh, hmm. what, what? Wait, okay, not all people are bad people. Not yeah. all of the cops are bad. Some of these people, especially midnights, you know, it's like 
we're working midnights. We're, you know, we're all tired too. Yeah. And more crime goes on. But you know what? If I, you know, if somebody has to go to jail, I've seen more times out of 10 where we're like, all right, hey, you have to go tonight. But hey, let's lock up your car. Let's, um, you know, get your phone. Where's your stuff so you hmm. can take it? Let's, you know, get phone numbers for you. And I've seen that, you know, 99% of the time where everybody's like, all right, yeah, I'll go. You know, <laughs> all right, yeah, I know I got a warrant, it's, whatever. Is there like a night in jail and call it good? Yeah, it's like, all right. You know, I had a, I had that the other night where, you know, the guy was like, oh, I know I got a warrant. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, and he was super, super cool to us, super respectful. Huh. And he was even a gang member. Huh. And he, by the end of it, we were all like best friends. And I was like, oh, hey, by the way, your warrant's not confirmed. So, hey, let me take you out of these cuffs. Thanks for being cool. <laughs> You know, and as long as I think everybody's treated with somewhat dignity and mm -hmm. respect, which is most of the time. Mm -hmm. And you know, do you feel like that's a do you feel like that's a new thing, or has that always been a thing with at least Fort Worth? I've always noticed it. Okay, I've always noticed it. I think it's just more in the spotlight now because of what's going on with today. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I tell mm -hmm. you, even when I was living in Keller and running in with you know, Keller PD or, you know, and you know, I get pulled over and, you know, South Lake for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> South Lake. Love oh, you guys. <laughs> love y'all. <laughs> but even, you know, for the most part, it was, you know, respect or positivity or, Hey, you know, you're going a little fast kiddo. And I was like, Oh, I know. Sorry. And, mm. um, you know, and that was even, you know, 12, 13 years ago. Mm. And, I think it's just all coming to light. So it's under scrutiny and spotlight. But, you know, even when we worked in the ER, I never had, you know, I mean, that's a big, t big reason I applied to Fort Worth because Fort Worth officers were coming in and, you know, they were being cool to us. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Hey, you know, these guys are pretty cool. Yeah. Now state troopers, I'm still intimidated by those guys. <laughs> <laughs> they come in with their cowboy hats and I'm like, they oh are, my God. Yeah, they seem like they're on another level, <laughs> they honestly. Are. I'm like, they show up on our scene. I'm like, what can I do for you? <laughs> Holy cow. You, do you need coffee? That's fine. I'll run and get you started. So why, why would they show up on your scene? <laughs> no, I'm just saying like sometimes they've had like traffic stops. Well, oh, you know, okay. stop out. It's yeah. kind of like in the cop world, it's common courtesy. If you see somebody on a traffic stop, you, you always pull over everything good you need anything oh, really? yeah it's like it's it's i've had to learn i didn't realize that but oh, yeah because yeah, I, I thought i've been pulled over before where there's like three cops behind yeah, me. yeah it's like common oh. courtesy yeah even if it's like oh yeah i'm just making sure their taillight works you know it's like okay i thought they called back i'm about to get, no. about to get taken down <laughs> no a lot of the times it's just um it's like proper manner in the cop world to hey there's a cop pulled over right there we'll just you know in case even just for safety on the highway or on a road hey i'm gonna put my patrol car here as extra backup in case we get hit by a car mm -hmm. you know there's that extra vehicle there you know for protection and um huh. so yeah okay. i mean we could show up on a traffic stop and the guy's like because hey, y'all just bored not necessarily <laughs> yeah no i mean sometimes what do you even do with your life jeez <sighs> yeah not necessarily just bored but like i said it's just proper etiquette etiquette yeah yeah it's just in case something would happen and um hmm. and okay. a lot of times people get worked up about that and yeah. i'll have to stand there in the you know driver's side window and be like hey man i'm sorry don't get worked up it's just for proper protection you know we're on a busy road and if you if you explain yourself like that people calm down and they're like oh that makes sense yeah okay mm. okay and a lot of times i'll joke with them and be like Hey, I've been hit by a car once. I don't want to have it again. So they're gonna block for me. And okay, like, yeah, tell oh, me about that. Okay, because I, I was I've I was paying attention a lot to 
that time frame because I was really worried about you. I didn't know exactly what was going on. I know you, you're you pretty much almost dead at some point, right? Or close to no, being dead. No, it was. So what happened was it was Memorial Day and we had to work. And uh, my really good friend, um, he, me and him were working and we had to stop out for a DWI unit who was like, hey, can y'all just watch this car? Um, I'm going to take this other guy to get him off the highway and I've already called a tow truck, blah, blah, blah. And we were like, yeah, sure. And it was, it was actually in a dangerous part of the highway. It was kind of like where people are coming up over a hill and it's very hard to see you. Is it downtown? And it's uh, northbound on 35, kind of like uh-huh. a little bit north of Barrie. Oh, I know exactly yeah. what that is. Mm-hmm. There's like and, no shoulder. Yeah. And so he parked and then I parked behind him. And I got out because I was like, this is dangerous. And I even kind of joked with him. He got back into his car to make sure tow truck was ordered, plate was run, all this stuff. And I stood by his car. What time was this? Oh, gosh. I think it was like 10 or 11. At night? Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, I even joked with him. I leaned over and I said, we're going to get hit. This is a bad area. This is so bad. And, um, he was like, yeah, this is a bad area. We'll get, we'll get out of here first. The record should be here any second. And I was like, okay. And right when I said that, I heard it like a loud explosion Jeez. and I knew my car, my patrol car had gotten hit. And the next thing I know is I turned and I saw the car coming. And, um, my friend said he screamed my name cause he saw the car coming and it rear ended his car And I was standing in between his vehicle and the guardrail. And so I heard him get hit and he screamed my name and um, his vehicle swung like 180 degrees. And I saw them coming at me and all I could think about it's, it's so weird to think about it It, because it happened so fast on video, but Mm -hmm. I like, when I think about it, it was so slow. And I remember thinking just jump because I was like, you either go under the car or you go over the car. Mm. And I remember jumping and the back end of his trunk area hit my right hip and threw me like a ping pong ball. And uh, I remember laying on the ground of the highway and in the video, you see me jump up pretty quick because that's where the fight or flight adrenaline. Mm-hmm. I truly believe in that now. And uh, we jumped 10 feet in the air. Oh like, how gosh, did I get up here? How did I, get, how did I do that? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I was laying on the highway and I remember thinking he's my partner. I was, I, I was like, he's dead. Okay. So the drunk driver hit your squad car, which mm-hmm. hit his squad car and then his squad car hit you. So no, he hit my squad car okay. and then he like bounced. So he hit mine, bounced, kind of turned his vehicle and then his vehicle struck the patrol, his patrol car. Okay. And then his patrol <clears throat> car came at me. Okay. And did it uh, knock you out? I don't think so. I know I saw stars. What's, what's that old phrase in EMT? It's like, if, if you don't remember, you were knocked out. Yeah. yeah. I don't think so. I you were knocked out. So. <laughs> <laughs> you were knocked out. But, um, I remember laying on the ground and thinking, Oh my gosh, he's dead. Oh were you in the highway? Uh, I was still in the shoulders, but okay. I was laying and I remember thinking he's dead and we're going to get hit again yeah. because by that point traffic is still and everybody's trying to figure out these, like our cars are all over the highway. So people are trying to like miss our cars now. And While I'm they're like, going 60, yeah. 70 miles an hour. And I'm like, holy cow, we're going to get hit again. 
So I jump up and he actually later on told me he thought I was killed. So he's getting out and he has a huge gash on his, or not gash, but you could see because his head hit the computer really hard. And um, so he had jumped out. And then when I saw him and he ran over to me, that's when I realized I'm hurt. And so were you able to stand up? I jumped up. Yes. Walked to him. Girl. At, yeah. And then that's when I was like, I saw him realize he was okay. And my, I think my adrenaline kind of dumped at that point. Mm-hmm. And then you I felt was, all the pain. I did. I was like, my hip hurts, my head hurts something. Okay. And that's when in the video too, you see me sit down. And, uh, I remember trying to radio, but at the time my uh, earpiece had fallen out. So I thought my radio was dead. So I kept clicking my radio like oh my gosh how are we going to get a hold of anybody and at that point he started radioing in and you i remember sitting up against because that point i sat down and i was like okay and that's when you start hearing sirens because you know officer down kind of thing everybody comes everybody's worried about you so they shut the highway down and uh i remember the sergeant on scene because i kept it was like one of those where i'm like no i'm not hurt so i stand back up and I'm like, I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to be hurt. Mm. It's kind of your brain's like, no, 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 you're good. You're good. Stand back up. So I remember standing back up and I kept having to stand up and then I didn't feel good. And so I'd sit back down and I'd stand up and talk. And then I'd be like, okay. And I remember looking over at the guy that hit us and he looked dazed kind of. Was he drunk? Yes. Oh, wow. Apparently. So you were on a DWI scene and then another drunk driver hit you. Yes. And I remember looking at him and and looking at him and going, okay. And he was trying to get out of his car, but his car was had heavy damage. And uh, I remember just, I kept standing up, sitting down, standing up, sitting down. And I remember the sergeant making scene. They shut the highway down. Sirens were coming from all over. And uh, I remember the sergeant going, are you hurt? And I was like, no, I'm not hurt. I'm good. Like almost like, you know how when people get hit and they like become argumentative. Oh yeah, big time. Like, you know, they're hit and they're hurt and they're like, no, leave me alone. And their femur's broken. Yeah, they want to fight you. Like, leave me alone. That's how I, later on, people were telling me I became like, no, I'm good. Leave me alone. No, no. Like aggressive. You know, I want to work my scene. Leave me alone. And so I get back in, into the back of MedStar because they're like, no, you have to go to the hospital. Mm. And at that point, I'm like, no, because I would in my later on, I kind of was like, then I felt like I had to accept being hurt. Were you alert and oriented? I was. Times four I, or whatever? I, yeah. I mean, I kind of knew where I was, but I think I was just, there was so much going on mm-hmm. and I didn't, like I said, I didn't want to be hurt. Because you knew what would I, happen. Yes. I was like, no, I'm good. I don't want to be hurt. Um, I just want to move on. My sister, like, I was just like, my sister's wedding was in a few days. This is only like, what, a year or two of being a cop? Gosh. Because you were still central, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. It was, I think, two years in because literally almost to the day a year prior, I got hit head on by a wrong way driver. What? Yes. Well, you saw you're in two? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in year two, I got hit head on by a wrong way driver. Airbags deployed. I wasn't wearing my seatbelt like a dummy. Wear your seatbelt. So you, you're a you're just a cop at this time, and mm-hmm. you got here. Oh my yeah, I was going. I was I going. Didn't know that. Yeah, I was going to an officer that needed help. That was calling out, "Hey, I need help. I need help." And I was going real fast and came around a curve. Actually, do you know where like the Lancaster and Main Street area is? Uh-huh. So you know that really sharp curve. 
Like if you're going, yes, yes. I came around that curve really fast and a lady was going the wrong way, hit her straight head on, uh, airbags deployed. I wasn't wearing my seatbelt. Like I said, everybody wear your seatbelt. So, okay. So I need to back up on the timeline. Year one, you get hit. That's the wrong way driver. That's the one you're talking about. Yeah. Year two, almost to the day. Yeah. Almost to the day. And of course my year one, I get a concussion. My neurologist is like shaking his head at me. You got to stop. You can't do this. Did you start like, did you have any issues with seizures again after that? No, 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 no. But it was headaches again. And you know, just like, ugh, you know, kind of just like, ugh, just don't feel good. And you know, he's like, you got a concussion. You're, you know, you've got to be careful. And I was like, okay. And um, that's crazy. I didn't know that. And then, so almost year to the almost to the day, I get hit by this driver, and like you need I to said, get out of central. I know. Two weeks ago, you sat right? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And uh, so I um, start like going, okay, you know, I'm not hurt, and they're like, no, you got to get transported. We got to look at you. We got to make sure you're okay. So MedStar puts me in the back. Um, the crew, the fire crew that shows up, you know, what station was it? It was station five. Okay. Shout out. Yeah. Uh, great group of guys. Um, uh, Michael's best friend, Jeff, actually showed up. And he was like, are you okay? Do I need to call Michael? And great, great group. Because Michael's up north, right? Yeah. And Michael was home that night with the kids. And I was like, don't call Michael. I'm not I'm not hurt. Don't call him. I don't want, you know, I'm, just, I'm good. I'm going to go to the hospital and then I'm going to go back into patrol. I'm good. Kind of like I said, that... <laughs> stubborn female uh-huh. like don't talk no i'm good well Leave also nobody wants to be the patient nobody especially as wants, an e, like a previous yes. emt nobody wants to be the nobody patient. yeah and then of course i know what's coming up yeah. medstar radios in hey we got an autoped and i was like you're a level oh hell no were you a level one um oh i'm sure based but, on mechanism well first off medstar's like hey we need to like yeah, they're like backboard, like, we, hey, let's put on. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. Leave me alone. Like, my vitals are good. Leave me alone. Yeah. I was, I was being a stubborn little brat. <laughs> Refuse that. So, backboard. yeah. So, me and, yeah, me and my partner show up to the ER and the whole trauma team's waiting. And we walk in and they're like, this is the autoped. And they're wanting us to go into the level room. And I'm like, I know what happens in that room. I'm not going in there. You're going to be naked. Mm-hmm. You're going to like, everybody's going to come at me yeah. and leave me alone. And they're like, okay. Did you and walk in? Yeah. Don't, was, didn't you have like a, I was okay, like, tell me what broke. Nothing broke. Okay. I had smacked my head really good on the concrete barrier. I thought you broke your back. No, 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 I didn't. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, Golly. yeah, I smacked my head. My right, um, my right, uh, hip was like a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. So they do all the tests that you would do for a level, uh-huh. but I was like, no, you're not taking my clothes off. We ain't doing IVs. Yeah. You're just going to, hey, we're going to get some Motrin and we're going to go home. So the doctor was just like, he looked at me. He was like, oh my God. Okay, whatever. You know, make sure your hip's not broken. We'll scan your head real quick. And he did. There was great, great. We got, we got great care, but I did. I remember sitting in the room and having a meltdown. Because things started making sense. Like, okay, I am like my head hurts, my hip hurts. And then I had a mental breakdown of I could have been killed. Mm-hmm. My kids are home asleep in bed. And I like, I don't know. I felt there was a lot of things going through my head. Like, you know, we got so lucky. Um, I don't know how I missed death pretty much because mm-hmm. 
the pictures, once I started seeing pictures of the vehicles, I was like, I should have probably probably been crushed. Because, I saw the pictures and that's why yes. I think I came to that conclusion. I was like, mm-hmm. how did you, I thought yeah. you broke everything. No. And I don't know how, like I said, and I think I, I almost, I'm not a very, I hate saying this. I'm not a very religious person, mm-hmm. but my grandfather had just passed away and kind of thinking about it. I was like, I almost wonder if he was there and was just like jump mm-hmm. because I, I mean, I don't know how I jumped. I don't know how I thought so quickly to jump. And I don't know how I just, things slowed down enough for me to be like, uh, get the, get the hell so out of the So if you didn't jump, what would have happened? I probably, like I said, I don't know. I either would have gone under the car, would have been crushed up against the, the barrier because the entire mm. patrol car of that hit me was completely crushed in the back up against the barrier. Oh my goodness. And so... I think wow. I yeah. okay. I'm getting so, the picture now. Yeah. So you jumped, and the back of the squad car went under you. Under you? No, it threw me like kind of a ping pong ball, and then yeah. the back of like I, it kind of threw me out of the way. Okay, so instead it, of getting pinned, it bounced you. Yes, and it and, threw me oh, luckily wow. out of the way. Okay, and so I got very lucky that I got thrown out of the way instead of being completely crushed. And so I, th- I think once I started realizing all of that. Mm, kind of settled I in. Was, it settled in and I completely cried and mm. cried and cried and cried. And so I was able to kind of get uh, myself together. Mm-hmm. And I went, uh, my sergeant stayed with me. She was wonderful. Went back to the sector, you know, because by that point I had all my stuff off. Went back to the sector and she was even like, do you want me to call Michael? This and, that. and I was like, don't, no. By this point, I was still being stubborn. I was still being a brat. I was like, no. <laughs> I'm going back on patrol. <laughs> and because she did, she called him and said, Denise has been in an accident. Um, she's, you know, at the hospital. They're checking her out. She doesn't want you to come up here because she's, she feels like she's good. And by that point, Michael had has had my sergeant call me. I think that was the third time because first time I had been thrown off a porch by a fight. And I was in a fight and I had landed and I had to go have my shoulder x-rayed because we thought it was out of place. And it was just strained. And then I got my head on. And then this was the third time. So by this Golly. point, Michael jokes now. He's like, every time I see your sergeant call, I'm like, here we go. Mm. And so Michael's like, no, because by this point, it was late. And I was mm-hmm. like, don't call. I don't want, you know, the kids are asleep. This and that, just stay. So we went back to the sector, um, pulled up my dash cam, saw the whole, my dash cam. I didn't even realize it was on, but it captured the whole thing is it the one you posted on facebook i never posted it okay. on facebook i only um i only posted a picture okay. to just curious. to yeah i i can show you later yeah. but um i only posted pictures just to remind people mm-hmm. you know of this you know don't drink and drive but mm-hmm. um uh went home or you know watched my dash cam cried some more um hugged my partner mm-hmm golly i feel like is he okay he's good he smacked his head pretty good he got a concussion too but he's a big old country boy stubborn <laughs> so me and him just became softies and hugged each other for a little bit and um he went home i went home um got home and of course michael saw the video and then he got really angry because he was like i should have been there mm-hmm. you shouldn't have driven home this and that and it was once again me going i'm fine leave me alone I'm fine fine leave me alone and um, that guy, the driver, was arrested for DWI and taken to jail by our DWI unit. Shout out, because we have the best DWI mm-hmm. unit. I really? love them. The guys are great. They're so awesome. Hmm. Um, That's cool. Yeah, great, great guys. And um, went home, and I had had 
the week off scheduled anyways because my sister was getting married. So went home. Next day I woke up. I have never been. It was a different type of sore. It was not like a workout like you just worked out. It was like I've never felt that sore in my whole life. Mm -hmm. The back of my knees were all bruised because it was kind of like when I jumped my hip and my knees kind of, I guess, I don't know, but I was bruised up on my legs and uh, probably got hit more than you realized. Yeah. And my head excruciating headaches. So the next day I kind of rested, but I had to get kicked into gear because my sister was getting married. Mm-hmm. I was in the wedding. I was like, I'm good. I'm fine. Leave and weren't you, weren't you out for, of, uh, on patrol for a while? You were, you were off for a while because I was. of it. Mm-hmm. I was out in the end. I was out five and a half. I think, yeah, five and a half, six months. Oh, wow. Um, because I went, I did her wedding and looking back i was i am kind of like frustrated with myself but um i don't remember most of my sister's wedding really um i what what do they attribute that to uh my head getting smacked and stuff like some some sort of syndrome i've heard um i was uh yeah i mean i was diagnosed right away you yeah right away they're like you've got a really bad concussion and um i was like okay and so that week we got busy with the wedding and then it was literally, it was, it was hard for me to even sit. Like my, I was so, my hip hurt so bad mm. that we had to drive up to Aubrey and within that 45 minutes, I was in agony, just hmm. sitting. Michael was even like, oh my God, I had to constantly move and readjust and move and move. And, um, so how many days after the wreck did you drive up there? I think it was, I think it was like three or four days. Oh, wow. And yeah, I was like, I don't even, I have like I said, to this day, I'm still mad at myself. I didn't rest like I should have. I was stubborn and I was like, nope, we got a wedding. We're going to do this. And, um, you know, had to give a speech and. Do you still feel some of those effects from even today? from the Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I luckily the doctor that dealt with me saw my wreck and he actually reached out to me and my partner. Oh, wow. Because I was, they. The doctor was like, I guess just take a week off and then come back. And he saw it and he was like, oh, no, y'all are off. And he saw me and my partner. He put us out. He was like, no, y'all need to be out. Started um, evaluating us, realized my hip was messed up and was like, okay, it's not broken, but you're going to need some good physical therapy. Um, You know, because it was hard for me. Like I said, it was hard to sit for a little bit. It was hard to stand for a little bit. Just normal normal activities and like i said i was always and you know i love to run Mm -hmm. couldn't run anymore um so you know and then with the the concussion stuff um i started feeling the effects of the concussion pretty much right away but didn't realize it Uh, like i said i don't remember most of my sisters like pre-wedding to wedding time to after the wedding um it was kind of a blur wow um I was very agitated and, um, and that's what, that's what I'm thinking of. There's some sort of something it's like traumatic brain injury stuff, okay. like where you become very agitated, emotional. I could not for the life of me. And you know how everybody says after a concussion, you want to sleep, you want to sleep, yeah. sleep, sleep, yeah. My brain, to sleep. <laughs> my brain did the opposite where it was like, wouldn't go to sleep. So huh. after is my, that TBI and PTSD? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Okay. I mean, for the first couple of weeks, it was like, I was, even my doctors were like, holy, cow. I was sleeping three hours, you know, here, hmm. you know, it was like, I would go 24 hours with maybe two, three hours of sleep. 
because mm. my brain would not rest and give myself the proper rest. And it was very frustrating, mm-hmm. which of course has negative effects because then you're all, you're, you're like, yeah. okay, well now I'm exhausted and then I'm emotional and I'm hurt. Yeah. And, um, so I started physical therapy right away and, um, uh, I was having to get like actual, like clinical massages because my back, my neck, my everything was, was just so just, ugh. Hmm. and so luckily I had a great doctor who right away started seeing signs. Um, Michael was coming to the appointments and being like, look, she goes from happy to angry, to screaming, to crying all within like 30 minutes. He's like, Mm. she can be like, Hey guys. And then two minutes later she's sobbing and she doesn't know why. Hmm. And I started noticing, um, you know, things like I lost my smell. I could no longer probably COVID. Right. (laughs) No, I'm COVID negative, but, um, my smell was kind of gone. My taste couldn't taste very well. Really? Um, I thought I didn't really realize my hearing loss was as significant right away because I was just home. Like I was off work. Yeah. And so I wasn't having to really um, pay too much attention to, or focus on too much stuff. And um, I mean, my headaches were excruciating. And so luckily my doctors right away, my neuro got on board um i was dealing i mean i had great treatment Hmm. you know but is this kind of a new newer field of study like the the treatment of tbi yeah i think it's becoming more acceptable for people to realize hey i'm hurt and it's you know hey i got smacked my head kind of like with soldiers coming back from you know overseas hey they smacked their head and there's something wrong and that's Hmm. okay so let's help them And I think that's so important, you know, even with police work, hey, they're not okay, let's help them. And um, so I started noticing all these signs and symptoms. And like I said, me being tough, hey, I'm fine, leave me alone. And for the first couple, like I said, the first couple of appointments, I would go and I was like, leave me alone, I'm fine. I just wanna go back to work. I just wanna go back to work, leave me alone. And Michael, it took Michael going, no, I'm going and sitting with the doctor and the doctor started realizing, oh, she's not okay. And what so kind I, of doctor was this? Um, so it's a, it's a team of doctors. They're just like general doctors that specialize a lot of, a lot of it with like workers comp, but they pretty much treat officers and firefighters. Huh. And that's kind of their specialty. Yes. That is their specialty. And they're wonderful. I don't know that. And it's funny because you go into their physical therapy office and it's all like firefighters or cops. <laughs> and so you stand there and you talk and you're like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Huh. And um, it's, so did they do like brain workouts for you at all or? So not really. I've actually started. Um, so I met. Oh, I actually took a wonderful class recently. It's a traumatic brain injury class and it's taught by a Fort Worth officer. Hmm. And I actually reached out to him because after his class, I started, I guess, accepting that I'm a different person after my accident. You know, I'm not as patient as I used to be. I'm more, I hate to say this because everybody's like, oh, you're female, but I am. I'm more emotional. 
Um, but there's, there is a difference. I will say like you can have, you can be a completely emotional female and be totally fine. Yes. And it doesn't really change much of your day, mm-hmm. but then there's another level of emotion yes. where it's, it gets kind of hard to deal with life. Am yeah. I right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's one of those where it's because it's almost like my brain is like, you just can't deal as well with constant stress or I don't know. It's hard to explain, hmm. but I took his class. It was wonderful. And he really taught the importance especially to me, he really opened my eyes to, you have to take care of yourself. Hmm. And I think for years and years, I've been so worried about taking care of everybody else. And I think finally his eyes opened me to being like, okay, you know what? I'm not okay. And my head hurts and um, I'm crying. And then I want to punch a wall and (laughs) then I want to go run 20 miles. And, you know, and it's, it's like, okay. And so he really opened my eyes to, Hey, you got to get your, you know, hearing checked. You need to go get your eyes checked. And it's, Hmm. it's been great because now I'm like, Oh yeah, I do have bad hearing. Oh yeah. Like I do maybe need some vision therapy because Hmm. you know, my eyes at night suck, you know? And, um, wow. And how's it been with self-care from pre-rec to post-rec as a police officer? Has it changed a lot? Uh, so I give myself a little more grace. I'm like, you know what, if I want to lay in bed a little, like 30 minutes more, I'm going to do it, (laughs) you know, because now it's one of those where I'm like, my brain is probably needing it. If Mm. I'm sitting here going, I'm tired. I'm going to be like, listen to your body. Mm. So for the first time in years and years, I'm like, I've got to listen to my body. And I do. And you know, there's some days where I'm like, Oh man, I really need to work out, but I need a nap. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a nap. Rest you know? and, and being able to have a fully rested body is so important to our health. It I is. think we all forget about that a lot. And of mental health. Mental, exactly. Health as yeah. a whole. Yeah. And like there's times where I've been at work where I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like why am I so sad right now? And it's like, oh, it's because I have four hours of sleep under my belt, you know, um, where I've come home from shift and I've slept. Like one day I slept, I think 10 hours and right. I went into shift that night. And I was like, I want to make cupcakes <laughs> and we're going to save puppies tonight. And then we're going to all eat tacos. I'll climb that tree for that cat. Heck yeah, you know what? And I'm going to eat tacos later. And it's such a big thing. And so I think the last couple, you know, the year and a half, I've started really focusing on my health and it's been wonderful. And, and, you know, I do have deficits and the doctors are like, you'll probably never smell that great again. You'll probably never taste that great. Um, never say never. You never know. You never know. And I've just learned to, hey, you know, we're going to have salsa on everything. And <laughs> thank God I don't smell, you know, this smell that, you know, everybody else is like grossing out by, yeah. you know, and um and, you know, I'm just accepting that I'm going to probably have a hot pink, like, hearing aid soon. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, like, it seems like it's definitely uh, the department has put, for specifically, has had such a massive impact on how you view your own health. Mm-hmm. That I wonder, like, if that's, again, a forward thing. Because, again, I don't think that this is normal. I don't think a lot of departments are like Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Where you, I see you you know, now than what you were then, then when I knew you, then you were, again, what you're talking about, you didn't really care about your health. You're always stressed. Mm -hmm. And now, I mean, you're a cop now Mm -hmm. and you have a very different perspective on your own health, which is really cool. And the, the major factor is being a police officer and being at a department that really cares about their, their their officers, Mm -hmm. which is huge. I think it's because we're a bigger department and we're able to have the resources. Like we have peer, you know, peer teams where, Hey, we had a stressful night last night. Let's all sit and talk about it. And it's really encouraged. Mm -hmm. 
And I think Which is I've, kind of funny. That's new though, because uh, at least with mm-hmm. on the EMS and medicine side of things, it, it there's not a whole lot of. Uh, uh, it's like you, you kind of just have to suck it up and move on. Yeah. There's not a lot of debriefings. Well, and I think in this newer age, <clears throat> people are starting to realize that, you know what? It's okay to not be okay. It's okay. That call sucks. Mm-hmm. You know what? That call really sucked. Let's. It's okay. It's okay to cry about it. And I think that's been such a big impact where um, uh, it's more accepted. You know what? I'm sad about that call and that doesn't show weakness and um that's huge it's huge and i think like i said it's it's been good to have the resources our our department's really good about resources we've got a great peer team um we have a guy that's constantly sending out emails like hey there's this group you can talk to or hey there's you know this group that's going to meet tonight anybody want to come and um it's it's been a good experience with oh you know what and it's it's actually decent our department really focuses on health too um we really encourage it um we have a great great facility where we've got good gyms in our facility Hmm. where it's encouraged to work out and um a lot of people really enjoy working out and so it's i think with with it being a bigger department it's it's more focused on Hmm. and that's amazing and uh yeah it's it's great you know like i said i i had that class and i reached out to the instructor because i was like oh my gosh everything you're saying is everything i was saying because he got he had a really really bad head injury oh, really? and so all of his symptoms i was like oh my gosh we're the same like oh huh. my gosh it's good to talk to somebody yeah. who has had the same experience and it's becoming more accepted where you know where it's like oh my gosh um somebody else is upset about this hmm. and somebody else has experienced that and so it's really nice. And the one thing I've noticed is a lot of people in our department are really close and they do stuff together. Um, there's been times where we've all, my team was like, Oh my gosh, it's been such a stressful week. Let's all go bowling. Huh. You know, I'll cool. go bowling or, Oh my gosh, this we've got court in a little bit. Let's meet early and have, you know, cinnamon toast crunch, or <laughs> you know, <awesome>. and <laughs> Hey, let's go have a burrito or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And so a lot of people in our department, are really close and hang out or have families hmm. together that, Hey, let's have our kids run around together while we all sit and complain about this or, Hey, let's talk about this. And it's, that's been a huge impact with people really connecting or the resources that's offered. Yeah. And so like I said, and there's yeah. a, there's a podcast I was listening to. Uh, it was probably a Joe Rogan podcast. I don't remember. Um, but it was, it was a clinical psychologist uh, who specialized in being psychologist for like police, police mm-hmm. departments. And uh, she said the biggest factor, like how you know when a cop is uh, not okay and might be in that situation where they might make a bad decision and it might cost a life, is what's going on at their home life. Mm-hmm. You know, are they working all this overtime and all this stuff and going through all these terrible things on scene? And then are they going home to a terrible home life? Mm-hmm. You know, are, are how's your marriage? How are your kids? How's your relationship with your kids? Um, are you going to those baseball games and hanging out with your kids? Is that, mm-hmm. that's a very good thing. It's whenever those, what you're talking about, it's whenever those situations don't happen mm-hmm. when it gets kind of dangerous mm-hmm. for cops. Yeah. I don't, I mean, do you agree? I guess I do. You, what do you think about that? I guess. I guess. Yeah. I can agree with that in a way. Like, I think that's why I've stayed on midnights is because it, makes me it doesn't make me but i then i get the ability to go home and pack a lunch and take the kids to school and be carpool mom and then i Mm. sleep and then by the time i'm waking up i'm getting them from school and then i get to be 
you know, oh, gymnastics mom or dance mom or, you know, and then I get to cook dinner and then we all sit down and eat. Hmm. And then I'm getting, you know, hey, y'all go shower and I'm about to leave. And then pretty much for an hour, they're up and then they go to bed. And so hmm, that's cool. Yeah. And so, so you get to spend a lot of time mm-hmm. with them. Yeah, It's really nice. And um, so I've really prided myself on. Yeah, I'm tired and I'm, you know, I've gained weight, which is fine. And I'm exhausted most of the time. And I'm like, but you know what? At the same time, I get to go be gymnastics mom and then I get to go, you know, run to dance. And then I get to do, you know, ponytails in the morning for them. Hmm. And that's cool. So, but, you know, at the same time now I'm starting to have to focus on myself and be like, hey, y'all give mommy an extra hour to sleep. You know, hey, mommy's not going to pick you up today. So-and-so is going to pick you up today so I can sleep for one more hour and then (laughs) we'll get up. And surprisingly, kids are very good at change. Mm. They're like, all right. Like, they're like, whatever, (laughs) you know. And There's that buffer time. You're not doing it mm -hmm. minute by minute of your entire life. It's, hey, I think we as humans as a whole need that buffer time Mm -hmm. to be able to survive. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. and it seems like you've really incorporated that well. Yeah. And there's been times too where I'm like, hey, mommy is so tired. Avery, you want to lay down with me and watch Dora the Explorer? And before I know it, we're both getting to sleep for an hour. Aww. You know, and yeah. it's, it's. I think, and I think too, they've just, that's all they've ever known mm-hmm. is first responder parents. So they're just used to it. But I've, like I said, I've really started to focus on my own health this year and hoping that it makes a big difference. You know, I've been doing vitamins and yeah. extra sleep and stuff like that. And it's. Hopefully, it'll kind of help make a difference. Do you take vitamin D? I don't. I hear a lot of good things about vitamin D and mental health because it's like it's not only helps with uh, as like an antiviral Mm -hmm. um, sun antiviral, Mm -hmm. um, but it's massive for your mental health. And I've heard a lot of people talk Mm -hmm. about how um, they'll take you know five thousand I use a day um, of vitamin D. Really? Yeah, because I mean, think about all the all the time. You just look into it, and this is. I say this as an opinion, so don't take my word on it completely. But research it yourself. Um, but a lot of a lot of people good, have good things to say about vitamin D mm-hmm. and all the things you're talking about. Okay, yeah, I make sure I take. Um, of course, I take the whole like, you know, woman vitamin, but mm-hmm. I also do uh, the fish oil for the yeah. brain, which you know I'm yeah. hoping helps. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, the fish oil has been shown to hopefully help brain health and memory health because. Right after my accident, my neuro actually put me on um, some meds that um, help like Alzheimer patients. Okay. And uh, he's like, you know, it, it's not going to have a negative effect on you. It might help body body. I actually, after a couple of months of taking it, I took myself off of it because it actually made me very tired. Hmm. So I took it for a few months and then took it off, took myself off of it just so I could, because I found myself having to constantly sleep and mm. a lot of it. I think too was you know my brain finally going enough calm down go to sleep just sleep and relax yeah. do you and ever do like uh, breathing techniques or anything like that actually i've started doing that yes and you you should there's this one have you heard of the wim hof Mm-mm. yeah i'll check it out because really? I, do, I do that pretty regularly um it's it's a dramatic difference on how i feel when i do it really like dramatically i think the longest i've gone on an exhale like I'll, I'll i'll do the full set of breathing techniques in sets and stuff and then i'll exhale and hold my breath for i think my maximum is like three minutes really like just without even training just mm-hmm. do it and then you feel amazing the rest of the day interesting so, yeah it's funny because i always joke i'm like 
even my eye, my eye watch like knows I'm stressed out because uh-huh. it's constantly like buzzing and going, take time to breathe. And I'm like, dang <laughs> it. How does this thing know me? <laughs> well, there is so much that we could be talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many other things I would like to talk about, but I want to give you some buffer time so you can go home. It's 1230 right yes. now. So got, like I said, got carpool, yeah. mm-hmm. got carpool and man, I just want to be outside today. It's so it beautiful. It is beautiful. I know. Gosh, I, know. I know. So we'll wrap it up thank you so much for coming Denise that was so much fun appreciate it I appreciate your time I'm excited for you and remember people out there don't drink and drive (laughs) love your police we love y'all yes big time so support us we support y'all yeah see you bye